the Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, I'll be taking your calls on everything from badgers and cats and somebody who talks to the moles. We've also got top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden, plus our plant of the week. We go straight to the calls. And this week, we start with Kerwin in Colchester. Good morning, Ken. How are you? I'm fine. And what can we do for you today, sir? I just want to know how to stop my neighbour's cat from using my veg plot as its personal litter tray. I think you've got a major problem there. Isn't it funny how cats always... If you own a cat... You never see it in your own garden. You always goes next door, doesn't it? Have you noticed that? Well, I don't own the cat. My neighbour no, does. No, that's, that's, um, that's what I mean. If you did own it, it would be next door. But, in fact, because they own it, it's in your garden. Um, well, it's a communal garden. That's the problem. Oh, that makes it more difficult, doesn't it? a block it? of flats. Yeah. Um, it makes it quite difficult. And um, there are plenty of things that you can use. There's cat deterrents, these electronic cat deterrents. Now, um, they do work. I mean, I have seen and watched them work, not, you know, literally month on month. And we've had good reports about them. There's a good one called Cat Watch, but there are many on the market that you could do. And they're run by batteries. If you haven't got access to the mains and a transformer, they'll run on batteries. And what happens is they send out uh, an electronic sound, which, of course, affects the hearing of the cat and the cat will learn to not cross that area. They'll run through about 180 degrees from the little device. So on a square plot, as an example, you might have two, one at each corner, and it will teach the cat not to go near it. A lot of people swear by them. Others say they don't work. So it is a mixed thing. What else do we do? Well, what else can you do? The other one that is, if you had a... Have you got a hose there at all? No, I've got a shotgun. No, we can't recommend shotguns on this programme. It's just, no. No, but but have you you actually got, seriously, have you got um, a hose there? No, no, I haven't. Because there's another device that, again, picks up on the cat moving across and the hose will shoot. It's, It's a device that picks up on the sensor that the cat crosses the plot and it actually just sends a pulse of water out, which is quite a useful tool as well. So, okay, so if, if anybody has got some uh, th- products that they have used, there's several, there's one called Cat Off, uh, things like that. If anybody's used a successful product that is on the market, give us a call and let us know. It's 0800 111 We go now to Nicholas, and Nicholas is in Clare, just over the border. What can we do for you, Nicholas? Good morning. Um... The last couple of years, I've dug up my geraniums into pots yeah. and kept them in the conservatory. <clears throat> and last year, I had the most incredible size and number of blossoms. So I've done it again. I've got them in the conservatory. The trouble is, they're getting so tall, um, they need to be trimmed, but I don't know when to do it. Right. How, uh, how much heat have you got in your conservatory? Uh, none. None at all. But so. I that- I do cover them up right. at night. If they're getting too tall, I mean, ideally, <clears throat> we normally would wait till March to start yeah. nipping out the tops. But 
if they're getting too tall, I would actually risk nipping out the tops now. Um, yeah. and, but be careful to watch for the cold nights because it's the cold that will affect that tip and damage it, yeah. and then you can get rot running back down. Yes, that's right. Only last year, as I say, with such wonderful blossoms, I had to support the stems, and as they're even taller... They sound I huge. Think, yeah, they were fantastic. I had about 50-odd blooms on three plants. That's impressive, isn't were, it? They were bigger than my hands. So that... I really enjoyed it. Well, I think, you know, I mean, let's face it, that is what uh, is what gardening is about, is en enjoying the fruits of your, um, <laughs> the fruits of your labours, they say, isn't it? Yes, wonderful. I had to look at them every day and admire them. Well, there you are. So what I would definitely do is nip some of the tips out of the very tall ones. If any are shorter, leave well alone till into March. Okay, thanks very much for that. That's a pleasure. That's Nicholas from Clare in Suffolk. And we go to Hilary in Halstead. Hello, Hilary. Hello, Ken. Um, I hear you've got the photo I sent. Tell me the photo. Of, of little um, baby orchids. Right. Potted up. Okay. Um, yep, baby orchids. Now, did you take all those off... Um, off of the main stems as they produce roots, did you? They all came off different different plants, but they came on the old flower stems. So I just cut them off and um, potted them up. That's interesting. That last year. That's interesting because normally there will some of some of this orchid, which is uh, Phalaenopsis, you got there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is is they'll produce a side a side shoot with a little plantlet with roots on them already, and then you just keep those into a a comp suitable compost for orchids. You've done yeah. really well, and it's what's unusual about them is that the flowers are quite what the plant that we're describing here on the radio is that it's got. The one on the left in my picture has got three broad leaves that you get with uh, that orchid, the Phalaenopsis, and then straight on the left of it, you have the flowers. Now, that is actually quite unusual, isn't it? Because normally they're on a long stem, but, of course, that's the way they're grown, isn't it? Mm, yes, but they, they bloomed last year as well. You know, but I you've couldn't done, believe that those tiny done, little plants you've done You've done really well. Haven't you? Yeah. Indeed. Well, I, I um, you know, congratulations. What would you like to do about them? I mean, you're not going to, you know, you don't need pro don't need advice on growing them because you're doing really well, aren't you? <laughs> well, they're in the bathroom at the moment. That's where yeah. they've always been. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've written you several letters and they just haven't. I don't know. I can't work the thing out properly. Okay. They haven't come to you. Um, I've got have. Should I pot them up soon? I would leave them in the... They're in a fairly... I'm just trying to look. They're in a... What size pots? They're in a clear pot. I wouldn't worry about potting them at all. Are they in orchid compost or potting compost? They're in orchid compost. If they're in orchid compost, they don't need much potting at all. I would slide them into another pot and just keep them as you are. They do not need a lot of compost around them. The orchid compost you've got around them is quite sufficient. Lovely. And All there's right. one other question, yep. if I may. Certainly. Um, I've got another orchid, and that has grown a baby on the bottom of the plant, and it's sticking out at the side. 
do do I leave it or do I cut right. it off and try and pop now, that? Now that's the one I'm talking, which is the normal way that they grow. It's come it's come off a stem, hasn't it? There's a stem coming out and it's got a little plant on the side. Yes. Well, very small stem. It almost looks as if it's directly to the, the right. bottom of the plant. Has it produced any aerial roots? Has it got little roots out the bottom? Um. Yes, it's got one. Right, wait till there's a couple more and then you can cut it off from the mother plant. Brilliant, that's lovely. All right. Thank you very much indeed for that and that's a lovely programme, I really enjoy it. Thanks very much, Hilary, and don't forget that you can also talk to us about gardening on 0800 111 We're here on BBC Essex every Saturday morning from 11 till 12. Um, orchids. Hillary has got green fingers, I can tell you, because the pictures were really good. Always pleased to, to see and hear from you and uh, get information about what you're up to in the garden. That is what this programme is all about here on BBC Essex. We now go to June from Walton on the Days. Now, come on, June. Is the sun shining at Walton today? The sunshine is beautiful. There you are. You... It's beautiful. Oh, Thank you. You, you should go for a stroll down the front then, shouldn't you? Well, I am going out, but I had to hear your programme first. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> How can we help you today, June? Um, I've just seen an advert for an electric uh, weed burner. Now, I had an old one years ago with a little canister in. Um, I don't know, it was a bit of a pain, but this is an electric one. I wondered if you knew anything about them. I have to be honest and say I haven't come across the electric one. I mean, the principle is, it makes sense because it's the same thing as like a shock. You'll get a, uh, when you light a gas stove with um, an electric one, you have an arcing, haven't you? Yeah. And I imagine yes. that's what it's doing. Uh, they have got some new gas ones that you put a small cylinder on today that I've noticed. Uh, but I haven't actually, you know, seen the electric one. But oh, I, I'm going to make... It about them. It's got kind of a cone on the end so that you can direct it just to the plant yeah. as opposed to plants around it. Um, I had one of the old gas ones years ago. Yeah. Um, How'd you get on with that? It, it was all... Right. Um, I did find it was a bit of a pain sometimes. And then my cousin put hers a bit hot in her shed, put it away and set fire to the shed. So that kind of frightened the life out of me. I can imagine. I never used it again. I got rid of it. But I've just seen this electric one and I thought, well, there's so many weed killers they're not allowed to use now, isn't there? And yeah, there's only really one left. We've only really got one, haven't we? Yeah. Well, one or two. But uh, I think, June, what we need to do is ask the county whether anyone has heard or used one. And if they have, they can give us a call on 0800 111 I'm going to a, 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 a trade show in a few weeks' time as well, and I'll have a look round there. And if, if I do see anything, I'll come back and report on it for you. Right, How about that'd be that? lovely. All right? OK, thank you very much. And thank you for informing us of something that you spotted that I haven't, you see, an electric weed killer. Time now to look at plant of the week, which is Cornus mass or Cornelian cherry. It's in the dogwood family and it was first used or noted to be used by Greek craftsmen to make spears out of. So it was quite a hard wood um, and it was brought into Britain or noted to be brought into Britain in 1551. And guess where? Hampton Court. So many plants turn up at Hampton Court. So they are Hampton Court. 
Not at the flower show, I might say, at 1551. We didn't have one. It's uh, native to southern Europe and Asia. It is a deciduous plant, and I can remember first seeing my first Cornus mass in about the 70s in a place called Rose Park in Chigwell, and there was a large tree with all this pretty yellow flowers all the way up its bare stems and I couldn't work out what it was it wasn't something I'd learned at college or seen in my travels up until then and I got it identified and it was Cornus mass since then I've understood that it will grow into a very very large tree you can get them 10 meters high but generally I wouldn't put it in a small garden unless you're willing to prune it on a regular basis uh, because they will grow five metres high and about four metres wide. Dark green leaves, and I mean dark green leaves, and they're on opposite sides of the stem. But they have lovely, rich, dark stems, which produce these flowers at this time of the year. They're, you get four yellow petals. They're about five to ten millimetres, and they're on these lovely bare stems. So you can imagine sort of a line of yellow flowers all the way along. Looks gorgeous. They then have a fruit, which is a sort of oblong shape, red, and it droops a little, uh, single seed inside. So my advice is, yes, it's a great plant, but only plant in a largish garden, which, of course, Rolls Park in Chigwell was a massive garden, and it must have been planted something like 100 years ago. The fruits, when ripe, are edible. They're used in Canada and Eastern Asia, um, they're, they're a sort of flavour There's a bit like a, a cross between a cranberry and a sour cherry You can make jam or you can eat them dry Some are also used for making vodka And not forgetting, you guessed it They were used in Chinese medicine So that's Cornus Mass, M-A-S Got a big garden? It's the plant for you uh, Let's now go to to Barbara in Hawkwell and see what Barbara's up to. What are you up to today then, Barbara? Not a lot, because I'm 90 in the well, week. Well, I'll tell you what, if you can keep active in the garden at 90, Barbara, you'll be all right. Yeah, but I have difficulty falling over and that. So, but I want, I want to know, um, my daughter had a lovely plant in her garden. Yeah. And I was admiring it, so they bought it for me for Christmas. That's nice. Yeah, but it's an, it's it's red and green leaves. And there's lots of red leaves. It's very pretty. And it's called Nandina Obsessed. Yeah, Nandina is called um, Chinese... Go uh, Chinese gooseberry. Chinese bamboo. It's very attractive. It can it can lose its leaves, but it goes a lovely red colour in the autumn, particularly. Oh, that's it then. Now I've got I've put it in a pot because I can't dig a hole. So yeah. I've got it in a big pot. Uh huh. Is that all right? Yes, there's nothing wrong. You can you can you know what they say in gardening. You can grow anything in a container. You can grow an oak tree in a container, as long as you look after it and. A Nandina will lead a pot eventually of about 30 centimetres, which is about 18 inches across. I don't know what size pot you put it in. It must be about that. 
Right, that'll be fine. Best in a John Innes compost rather than a uh, multi-purpose, purely because well, it's it's going to be there a long time. Yeah. Well, I I bought a a sack of a compost. Yeah. From the television people. Yep. Which is supposed to be very very good. Right, as long as the compost is good, you'll be you'll have years of enjoyment from it, Barbara. Well, I'm, I'm, if I live that long, <laughs> of course you will. Of course you will. Keep active, and you'll keep you'll live forever. Well, I'm active, all right. Well, that's all right then. Yeah. So I Bar- can't do what I'd like to do. No, well, that's sadly what I, I know. My old mum says that to me. I can't do this. I can't do that. I say, well, sadly, we're all we all get old and we slow down a bit. Barbara, what you could do with that, Nandine, you could plant a few plants around it. You could even go out and buy a few, uh, say, dwarf daffodils in pots at the moment and pop them round the pot to give it a bit of spring boost. And then you could even plant um, a bedding, few bedding plants around it in the summer, so you get double whammy. How about that? Oh, that sounds nice if I could get to that. Get get someone to help you. Get your daughter out there to help you. All right? Oh, she's got a bad arm. Oh, dear. Well, get some. I'm sure you've got a nice neighbour somewhere, Barbara. All right? Yeah, thank you. You look after yourself. That's Barbara from Hawkwell. And we go to Howard from (laughs) Burnham on on Crouch. Is that right? That is right. Yes, indeed. Uh, Quick question. Uh... Apple trees. Yes. Uh, I've got several of them, one or two rare breeds as well. Good. Uh, when's the best time to prune them? Some are tip bearing and some are whatever the other thing is. Spur bearing. That's the word, yeah. <clears throat> right. Well, you can prune them now. Uh, we do more and more pruning in the summer than we used to. At this time of the year, it's very much um, opening up the centres Taking out crossed and damaged limbs, that's the real thing. Yeah, um, that's the thing, because they haven't been done and they're, they're very, very congested. Right. Well, concentrate on taking the congested limbs out, but don't try not to just cut the tops off. If you cut the tops off, they just grow like mad, and in fact, that's not really what you want them to do. So cut. If I if they're very congested, I would actually take complete limbs out, biggish branches, and possibly leave them alone. Then in the summer, you can cut back some of the... Well, if it's tip-bearing, you, you choose the tips you want to keep, and the other tips you will reduce by a third, which you could do a bit of now, but don't overdo it because you'll lose your fruit and you'll yeah, get too much fruit. I think you've confirmed exactly what I thought. Uh, that uh, I should take it back, you know, to the main trunk That's on some it. of the bits that are, That's it. are really in the way. But uh, should I then put uh, any, uh, uh, you know, sort of nope. black stuff that you get nope. on it? No sealer at all. Um, we've gone oh. through different phases of deciding whether we should use sealer. And I think in my in my working life, I reckon we've gone in and out of three times of using things like Arbrax and not using it, then using it, then not using it. We don't use it at the moment. If you have got the time and it, you enjoy your garden and you've got time with a sharp pruning knife or a good sharp knife, where you've cut it with a saw, just go yeah. around the edge and clean the edge up because what it'll do, it'll callus quicker if it's got clean bark. Oh, I'd never do that. Yeah, just, just cut it neatly. Don't, don't cut it back into it, just neaten no. the edge. No, I've just got myself an electric reciprocating saw. Right. So I can go up there and, uh, you know, cut it uh, without too much difficulty rather than using a bow saw. Is that an electric electric one or...? 
Yeah, yeah, yes. I've, I've, uh, I don't know if I should say the name. Von it's... House. Didn't hear that, did you? No. But, uh, I'm very, very pleased with it. I've used it, uh, uh, you know, trimming some other wood and bits and pieces, and uh, goes like the clappers and is very, very powerful. So that's, so that's what I thought I'd use on the Apple So that's, that's cable, not battery, isn't it? This is battery. Oh, it's a battery one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a big battery. I think something like 3.8 volts. Yeah. I know, battery. Like battery. That, but, uh, it really does a job. I was talking on Ray's programme about how, how the future with battery equipment in gardens is really coming on a, a dickens of a speed because we're getting more and more kit and the batteries are so much better now than they were even three or four years ago. They're really yeah, well, good. this has got a thingy on. Uh, so you, as you're using it, there's four lights. Yep. Uh, when you're, uh, it's fully charged, it's four. And then as you're using it, eventually, I mean, I used it for two hours and it hadn't even dropped one light down to three. But, oh, no. It's impressive, uh, isn't it? You know, so, and if I may, another quick one concerning apples. I found an apple tree that I didn't know I had, or at least I'd forgotten. Sounds daft, I know, but I grew one from seed. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was an empire seed. And it, I grew it to about two foot in the garden, and then I went and put it over in the corner of my field. Thought, yeah, but they probably won't do anything. And then uh, I looked, and it was covered in fruit, but it's in completely the wrong place. Now, would it be possible to move a tree that's, as I say, it's How old? from a pip? How old? Which is probably mm, eight, nine foot tall. No, but how old? Just... How many years has it been in that position? That's that's the key. Five, probably. Five, I reckon you could do it, but you've got to go out a long way to see that you don't break any useful useful roots. Yeah, I thought I might try and get somebody with a bucket shovel or something like that. Yeah, be very careful. Um, and the other thing is, if you say you grew it from seed, is the apple a good flavour? Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is the daft thing. It's a, uh, I don't seem to see these apples now. They're an American one called Empire. And, yeah, but you, uh, no. But what I'm trying to get at is that your apple that you're eating off that tree is not an empire. No, I know. It but could be I anything. I don't know what the, uh, the, no, the but, you know, whatever one it yeah. was crossed with to make an em no. empire. But I've tried one or two because, so I say, it's it's almost in the middle of a hedge because uh, I I put it too well, near to the hedge, which is overgrown. What but I'm trying, I've tried are delicious. What I'm but, trying to get at is that you could be on a winner. You could have a new apple that is, you know, there was one called something Windsor that was one that was totally grown in the wild. So you actually could have a total winner. So move it, get it growing, and then you take your apple to somebody like a grower and say, what do you think of this apple? Because you could actually make money from the apple that you have grown. Oh, well, there you are. Bear that in mind. We'll call it Krigsey Champion, because that's where it is at the moment. Yeah, but, it, uh, could, it could be either the... It could be Howard Apple, Burnham Apple, Crouch Apple, anything, well, you got, see. I've got one tree there that even the National Apple Archive hasn't got. So, uh, as I say, I'm interested and in that. If you're, if you're into apples, Howard, I know I've been talking apples for a long time, and i better get on to the <laughs> Viv and Trevor in a moment, but... Um, the Royal Horticultural Society at Hyde Hall are starting yeah, to put together a new collection of apples. So they're somebody that you should actually go and see as well. Because if you've got apples that they haven't, they would be interested. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very much. I won't hold the programme. 
but uh, interesting and informative as ever. Thank you very much for your advice. Thank you, Howard. And I look forward to hearing how you get on with that Empire Cross Apple. That's really absolutely fascinating. Uh, now let's go to... Trevor. Hello, Trevor. Sorry to keep you waiting a little while. We, that, we, that's all right. That was very interesting. Actually. We got into apples, <laughs> didn't we, there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really, really interesting. I was enjoying that. No, uh, what I phoned about was this cat watch. Yes. I had uh, yep. two of them for two years. Uh-huh. And I ain't got cats. <laughs> so that's interesting. Those, yeah, it's the one the uh, bird people recommend. Yeah, and it's actually yeah, called yeah. Cat. Is is that the one that actually is called Cat Watch? Well, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sad. Mine sadly, only run on batteries, but yeah, yeah. Two years. Yeah, I mean, sadly, no the guy, cat. the guy who invented that, or the guy who who originally set up Cat Watch, is sadly no longer with us. Quite a young man, oh, but he was okay. killed. And um, it it's it was still is one that I tested. Believe it or not. On BBC Essex all those years ago, we used to do, um, we had a two-hour programme and part of the programme was actually testing products. And one That's of the products... Right, yeah, I remember well, that. You remember that. Well, right, one of the yeah. products we tested was Catwatch. Uh, and we did an interview with the guy who put the company together and then we sent out Catwatch uh, to people. Two of them went out to people to test and both came back with very positive views and that's why i still talk about that one purely because i know it worked there are others on the market yeah. that i'm sure okay. are yeah, just as good cheaper ones on the market <laughs> i didn't say yeah, that yeah. you did <laughs> <laughs> there's cheaper ones on the market but uh, to do the job it's worth every penny i've had two years out of it and it's still going strong yeah um so he's it's becoming as cheap as the cheaper ones now it is, yeah. Well, yeah. Trevor, thank you very much for your call on that. That's really is is what no I, well, it's what I like this program to be. It's about passing on messages, passing on information to other people to make it worthwhile. And you have just, you know, maybe that that gentleman right at the beginning that was obviously concerned about his communal communal garden there, he can't actually get it together to get it clear, and therefore. Yes, he can. He could go out and get something to deter the cats, just as you suggested. The thing is, he doesn't hurt the cats. That's right. It's just an audible no. sound, and once they've heard no, it, they no, won't, no, will they? No, no, that's right, yeah. It might take a few few hours, a few days for it to register, yep. but he will register. That's, you have to be patient with it. It's not one of them, you stick in the ground and it's going to happen straight away. And I he think... I think sometimes sort of I think sometimes people expect instant ants, instant things, don't they? And of course, yeah, it yeah. Can't, they can't get that, can they? No, Lovely. not with that. No. Trevor, thank, right. thank you very much for your call. They are a man who listens and can even remember back to when we used to do product testing here on BBC Essex. Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden. I'm going to start off with pruning roses because that's something I've been doing this week. If you've got really harsh frost, you're not supposed to. However, if you get a break in the frost, it's a great job to do. How I like to do it is actually defasten, if that's a word, in other words, take it off the trellis or the wall wires or however it is and lay it in front of you. Then you look for the old stems and you try and cut out as many of the old stems. And I mean old, old and woody. Cut them out, get rid of them. But look for new stems before you do that. 
If not, you're going to end up in trouble. And then <clears throat> slowly feed this rose back onto the trellis, tying it in, preferably with a soft string, and arch or run the, the lines of the uh, rose along the wall. Arching helps to make it produce more buds that will then flower. And then tie it all in, cut out wispy, pathetic growth, just get rid of it. And then shorten your side stems off those main stems and that will help to produce lots of flower. There they are. First one. And I went to a garden this week where we've been stacking leaf. And we've been stacking leaf a little bit untidily, but it's in a sort of square area. So what did we do? We turned it. And underneath it, it's already started to rot. So we've lifted it up and put it on top of the newer, newer leaf and mixed it all in. So leaf mould turning at this time of the year is well worth it. And I tell you what, you'll have leaf mould by next year if you leave it, turn it a couple of times in the year and it'll produce great leaf mould. One of the best ways, of course, is to have a bit of a pit and leave it in the ground and just turn it over the fork. But if you can't do a pit, okay, you have a square area and you just turn it in. Can be a wire container, can be like a compost area. So they are leaf mould. That's what you want to do. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, Vic in Colchester. I've lost you. I can... Now, you've got a radio on in the background, haven't you? You've got a radio on. Yes, please. Right. Well, um, well I've had a, a batch of uh, giant begonia tubers. Oh, yes. Delivered, and they... They've come a bit earlier. Well, I thought they would. So how how do I go on now? When can I when can I um, plant them? Right. The important thing is that <clears throat> you don't worry about planting them at all yet. It's too early. What you need yeah. to do is: are they in polythene or are they in paper bags? What are they in? In a, in a plastic little plastic bag. Right. If they're in a plastic bag, take them out of the plastic bag. You don't want them in a plastic bag because they'll pick up moisture and they'll sweat and they'll start to actually grow. So what's important is that you actually put them into possibly a paper. Paper. Yeah. Uh, if you put them into a paper bag, um, you'll find you just keep them somewhere cool. Cool and frost-free and they can stay there quite happily until March. And then you can start March. them off in March. Yeah. Okay. All right? Yes, and if you, well, thank you very much. And Vic, if you want more help in starting them off, you just give us another call and we can help you to start them off and give you advice on how to start them. Now, we've got... Um, don't forget that number to call is 0800 111 That's 111 0800 And you can text me direct into the studio, 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. Or you can even email me. But let's go back to the phones now, and we're talking to Anne, which uh, I guess something like this would happen. Anne in West Clacton, tell me more. Right. I've been in touch with you a couple of years ago about this. Oh, um, you're I, not the Anne. Yes, you're Anne from West Clacton. Yeah, I seem to remember yeah. this. Um, I bought the cat watch from Amazon, had it for a little while. It didn't work. There's two cats next door. Yep. Anyway, so they sent me another one. Right. So my husband said, oh, it's working now. Yeah, right. They strolled him past. They strolled him past and then getting in the bushes. He went and got it and he upped it. 
and I sent it all back and got my money back. But I tell you what worked for me. Yeah. The one that's on the end of the hose. That's a very good one, isn't it? Because and although the sensor picks it up, because we used yeah. to have a ginger cat along here. Yep. And uh, it walked along the back, but you can't have it going if there's birds around or or it's windy. But the sensor picked it up, and um, and uh, the cat shot across the garden like a tiger. <laughs> that's <laughs> what worked for me. That's worked for you, which is interesting because you know, um, it's it's what it's. Okay, some people found, and I think I said right at the beginning, some people reckon they really work and others will say mm. they don't. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and we're uh, surrounded by our cats here, so <laughs> not good. <laughs> right. So, the, I mean, the thing is, I wonder whether, is it was it on a path where you walk up and down all the time, Anne? Um, no, we had it right up the end of the garden by the summer house and uh, he, he pointed it all different ways. He yeah. pointed it on the it path was, it was interesting, and on the grass. It was interesting that man before said that you have to be patient and leave it there for several days before it actually works. Oh, don't worry, we did. You did. I think That's good. I patient ran out, actually. OK, <laughs> and patient, we'll call her Patience Run Out Anne from West Clacton. How about that? Yes? Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for your call. And we go to Viv in Westcliff. Hello there. How can we help you then today? Oh, it's Violet. Oh, sorry, I've read it wrong. I put... It's all right. I don't mind being called Bib. Okay, Violet. Yes. Ken, that cat watch, will it work on badgers and foxes? Right. Because my um, garden is ruined with badgers. No. Now, there there are... What is interesting is I <laughs> I talked about doing this years ago and um, and I did, when I interviewed and did all this work on them, and I mean a long time ago, it could have been 10 years ago, yeah. Um, there, it's the sonic noise uh, the, that is developed in the cat's watch is for cats. Oh, now, right. the the noise that affects other, say, dogs or foxes or whatever, is a different level. Oh. So they're all different that affect different animals and mammals. Yeah. You see the thing? So, in fact, you have to look round for one that is very specifically for the, the pest that you're trying to stop. As for badgers, I don't think there is anything to stop badgers, and I haven't come across one that does badgers at all. I've got three large holes now in the in the fence. Every time I block one up, they make another one, so I don't bother blocking them up anymore. I can imagine. You do I give up, don't you, in the end? I've gotten everything down and they've ruined my garden. Mm -hmm. Well, well, mine and several others as well. I wonder whether here's an idea that Richard in Selsden has sent us a text and he says that if you grate carbolic soap over the soil, it deters cats. You do need to reapply because it washes the soil. Uh, and that's Richard in Selsden. He's in Surrey. So there are. There's something else that you could think about as well. Try well, it. See if it affects. It's called Hot Exit. And it didn't work. No, there there are lots on the market and it is difficult until you find one. So if anybody, you're trying to stop foxes, aren't you? Yeah? And badgers, really. Yeah. I've got another one here, the cat problem. I cut off small branches of my holly bush and scatter these on the bare soil, uh, which seems to work quite well. Neighbours cats tend to use uh, as a toilet their area, so they put all this, you know, holly over the top of it. So there you are. There's another one. Okay. okay. Right, so, thanks. 
Oh. Thanks for your call anyway. That's uh, Violet in Westcliff, and we go to Dave in Whittam. Hello, Dave. Hello, Ken. Yeah, it was just a, a thing. I was listening to you with the first caller with these cats in the communal garden. I would advise them not to get the one that uses the hose because it not only squirts the cat, it squirts anybody that walks past it. You're right, and in fact, that might not be funny in the winter. It could be more fun in the summer, but definitely not in the winter. What do you reckon, yeah. Dave? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I've had it when I've, I forgot I had one and I forgot it was out there. Yeah. And I just walked out and I got absolutely soaked because it just keeps going until you get out of the range of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. But I'll tell you what, appreciate your call there. And no uh, uh, thank you very much, Dave. That's a good bit of advice from Whittam. And the number to call is 0800 4041. That's 0800 Give us a call. There's a line free at the moment. Um, and uh, we have only intruders, animals, or little crawlies and precious garden. It's fantastic how many BBC garden programmes that seem to spend more time talking about products of helping the garden queries. You are a non-commercial radio station. I know we are. That's why we're talking widely about things that can deter cats, including somebody who was using holly. Holly deters it. A carbolic soap, which isn't really an advert for... for and we're not particularly mentioning any trade names, and we say there are many on the market. We do our best to spread the word, as we do. Um... Let's go back now to Victoria, who we did say we'd talk about. Now, Kerry, uh, Victoria did send me in a note the other week, and she called it just Japonica plenifloria. And she said her gardener, late last summer, cut it down to the ground level. And this was actually Keria japonica. Now, Keria japonica can be hard pruned. It really can be very hard pruned, and you won't do it any harm at all. However... What I would normally do to carrier is when it finished flowering, cut some of the stems down hard to get new growth from the base and leave a percentage of, of uh, stuff up high. So that's what you, you would normally do with carrier. You wouldn't just cut the whole thing off at ground level as your gardener did. Um, I talked last week and I go on about it. Sadly, gardening is a skill. It's a, it's a highly developed skill were taught it to do it properly and there are many people out there that I'm sadly call themselves gardeners who are not trained and they have not been in the industry long enough to learn the skill of gardening which it very much is a skill so they are um, check out when you employ a gardener what you want to do is see that you get some recommendations from someone else that's using them and that way you will uh, hopefully get a good gardener uh barry creek sent us a picture i think it was we were talking about uh, birds of paradise just a reminder that phone number 0800 4041 that's 0800 4041 that's the number to call and um, give us a call right now uh we were talking about birds of paradise the other week and in fact marlene from great tay has sent me a fantastic picture of her Bird of Paradise, and it has 13 buds on it. Absolutely fantastic. 13 buds indeed. So uh, we also had a picture sent to us. Don't forget, you can you can send pictures on emails and on text. And don't forget, the email address is ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. And 
she she has sent us a picture of a lace cap hydrangea and do you cut them off no you don't have to cut them off you can leave the heads on till march time and i will tell you when to prune it back it's as easy as that and it's kath in billericay and what do you got for us today kath good morning hi I've enjoyed listening to the program this morning what good. i was asking is do you have anything for deterrence ideas deterrence of moles now moles is quite <laughs> it's another i was gonna say a minefield it, it shouldn't be a minefield should it um moles i always think of moles as lovely little creatures aren't they and in fact if anybody else has got humane ways of deterring moles you can give us a ring on 0800 111 while i talk to you about that yes okay. um now what what people do is um they actually my favorite one that people claim does work was was a uh, burgundy bottles now not uh, you can't use I think you have to use claret sorry claret bottles now the reason you use a claret bottle is the shape of the neck of the claret bottle so you've got to enjoy red wine for a start do you enjoy a drop of red wine I think I could manage that well there you go you see now what you do is you don't with with a gloved hand when you you clean the bottle so that it can't smell you and when the bottle is empty you go down into the run of the mole and you insert this bottle upright into the into the run of the mole and what so happens it's the, the down is that, is that what you mean the open end up because, oh, the open end up okay. because what happens it's the noise of the air and wind across the top of the bottle that gives the noise that deters the mole now other people will say that you know children's um uh, what wind, do you call it? Wind, we're going to try making some of them. <laughs> windmills, you can stick those in the ground. They work as well. On the market, you can get what they call a humane mole trap. I don't like them, and I'll tell you why I don't like them. They're a tube, and what you actually do is the mole will run into the tube. It gets trapped, and then you move the mole to another area. Okay. But because the mole is quite a fragile animal... In fact, you find that, in fact, they often die from shock, which I think is a great pity. So it's not one of my favourite ones at all. But there are several on the market, so look out for moles. And if you keep listening, well, hey, hang on, we'll, we'll go to Peter while you're there. Should we go to Peter? Because Peter's saying he wants to talk about moles as well. So what, Peter, have you tried getting rid of moles, Peter? No, what they do in North Norfolk... Yep. They pull the... find the molehill. Yes. Open, just gently open it up. Yeah. And pour used cooking fat down there, or cooking oil. So, now, now I don't like the idea of used cooking fat. Is it then the smell of the fat that puts them off? No, they're an ultra-clean animal. They keep their fur nice and clean, and they won't go near it. So, in oh, fact, in fact so, so, that's, that, so we're using something as... I mean, I wouldn't suggest that too many people put old cooking fat into the soil because it's not good for the soil. But that's I'm not talking about gallons and gallons no, of it. No, you're talking about a, like a frying pan full or something like that. No, not even that. Yeah, like the residue from your frying. And that's but it, it needs is to it? be an oil because the, the, the animal is so clean, it, it won't go near it. Well, it, once it gets it on it, it will stay away from it. Yeah, because they are, and they're of course quite a fragile little animal, aren't they? Really, yeah. and it's un it doesn't hurt them. No, they keep away. So they that, just that... keep away from it, and and with with the greatest respect, it do work. 
Right, Peter. Um, well, they are. There's a man who knows. Peter, thank you very much for that. And what, what do you think about that as an answer, as a suggestion then? That sounds quite good because what we've been trying to do, we thought we'd go down the humane route, so we were going to use windmills, and we have been putting coffee grouts because we thought the smell might keep them away, the used coffee grouts. Oh, right. I don't know if that would work or not. So really we was trying to do sort of things without actually harming it, just really to deter it out, really. Yeah, but coffee grouts. It's a lot to take on. So yeah, co coffee grouts are popular for all sorts of things. Um, and in fact, they're making all sorts of things from coffee grouts these days, aren't they? And they're using them for fertiliser. But, um, you know, you might get a high out of them and they'll be off burrowing every here, there and everywhere and making even more holes, mightn't they? from the caffeine oh what do you okay. reckon <laughs> anyway i'll tell you what i'd like you to do can you try that you know peter's idea of that 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 idea of the fact can you let me know whether it works because of course i will and then we can spring before last year about my laurel and because yep. i didn't know whether to cut it or how to and you suggested it and it looked like a bit barbaric when i did it they do it look it's come up wonderful so i think i'll be a bit braver next time and go further back so it's good thank you very much well, we'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips I have for you this week. And in fact, turfing. You'll think I'm mad, fancy talking about turfing at this time of the year. Well, if you lived in the Chelmsford area, we've had hardly any snow at all, all the way out to some of the areas that we look after down in Burnham. We've had very little uh, snow. So I've been preparing some of the areas in gardens already for turfing. What I do is I level it up. I use fresh loam and fresh loam can be compacted nicely and raked out to suitable levels. And in fact, you can actually leave that soil and then wait until the turf arrives and then start to lay it working off a board. The thing we've run up against is that our turf at the moment comes from, uh, uh, from up in Yorkshire and they're not lifting it yet. But of course, other areas are fine. So if it's a local turf, you might even be able to get it. It's a great time to do turfing at this time of year because you'll find, get a mild spell like the next week. And in fact, down go the roots and off it goes. It's there, ready to take off in the spring. So turfing is a good time to patch in and do your turfing in your garden, weather permitting. Don't do it if it's too wet and don't do it if it's frozen or there's snow. And I know a lot of you listen to this podcast across the county, across the country and beyond. So it might not be suitable advice for you right now, but just let that weather change and get on with it. The other thing that I think uh, is interesting is Tom Cole, who was supposed to be with me this week to do the podcast and the programme. He's actually been asked to do some more teaching on pruning pruning apples and pears. So what about pruning apples and pears? Well, you can prune them right now. The main thing is that you keep the shape of the tree. You cut out dead, dying and rubbing limbs. If not, there's no point in pruning it dramatically because all it does then is produce loads and loads of shoots that are absolutely useless. So do not do that. If you want to reduce the height of the plant or the tree, what you do is you're better off cutting out heavy limbs, cutting the heavy limb out, uh, following it right back down to the main stem and then cutting that limb out. Uh, limbs are better removed. It opens up the centre and allows the light to get in, which will help you to improve your ripening of your fruit later on. 
then shortened back some of those leaders by about a third, side shoots cut back to two or three buds, and that's where most of your fruit will come from. So they are apples and pears, but do not do any stone fruit. That's apricots, that's peaches, that's cherries, that's plums, damsons, and even greengages. If not, they're more liable to get diseases. So leave them alone and prune those in the summer, and I'll remind you when you have to prune those. So they are, that's my top tips. Well, we're getting lots of uh, problems with animals. I tell you what, you do, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there we are trying to encourage mammals, animals and reptiles that we, we could lose across the world and across this country particularly. I mean, of course, what is happening is that they're, uh, of course, um, ending up causing us, causing havoc in our gardens, which uh, is not very, it's a bit unfortunate, really. But um, let's let's see, what what's this one? This is Sue in Benfleet. She has a problem with badgers in her front garden. I tried to make a rockery to deter them. Use very heavy granite stones, and they still move them. And they defecate, obviously. Uh, I'm at a loss to what to do next. It's a north-facing patch, and I wanted to plant pretty alpines and bulbs. That's Sue in Benfleet. Uh, badgers are another problem that uh, seems to be you know ongoing, and I... I they're a protected animal. We have to look after these these animals, and and we don't want to hurt them. And that and that is the the other thing about it. You know, we really don't. So we have to be careful. Um, now we've got a, a note here from John Gydra or Gidra Gidra, and he's from Baltimore in Maryland in the USA, um, and he wants to know about his Alstroemerias. He's got them in pots, which he moved into a, a small frost-free greenhouse for the winter. They've continued to grow and have gotten quite leggy due to the low light levels. That's right, um, John, it's all about light levels. And when I put them back out in the spring, can I cut them right back so that they become bushy or will I lose them? Well, you're a bit early to do any of that, I think, even in Baltimore. So what I would do is start to nip them back now and try and encourage them into growth. I think that is really important. So, you know, do that right now and uh, it will help you, hopefully, to get them to bush. But the other answer is, yes, you can do that. You can um, obviously cut them back when you plant them out and, yes, they'll become bushy. Thank you very much for your notes from America. We seem to be getting quite a few in from America. And don't forget that uh, that number to call here, yes, here in the, in the UK, it's 0800 111 We've got 10 minutes left. We can squeeze a couple of you in. It's Ken Crowther answering your gardening questions today. Or you can text me here in the studio on 81333 and start your message with the word Essex. Um, now, this is a, a picture of... Um, we've got a picture now of a poinsettia. And the poinsettia, a bit after Christmas, isn't it? Why the new leaves on my plant are curling up at the tips and are discoloured, please, if at all possible by email, as I'm not at home when your programme is on air. Well, I've got to train people here, you see, because people, if they can't listen while we're on air, they can go back and listen on the BBC Sounds app. Or you can just get us online, you see, so it's not a problem. Anyway, let's look at the poinsettia. What would I do with a poinsettia that's curling up at the ends? Well, actually, it's most likely due to the conditions that are actually in the home at this moment because it's quite dry at this time of the year. And in fact, uh, you know, that is a major problem. Dry conditions. I would use a mister to keep that plant in good condition. 
and that should stop the browning and the curling of the ends. As long as there's no pest, look underneath the leaves to see there's no pests there and you should be fine. There should be no problem at all. So have a look for that. Now, I'm going to give you a bit of advice. Anybody who's got a poinsettia, when you get into March, you cut them hard down. Uh, the one that I can see must be about nine inches tall. Cut it down to about four to five inches from the ground, from the pot level. Repot it and it will shoot from the base. And that way you will definitely get a better looking poinsettia for next year. So they are. That's Pamela Chauve, who's, uh, who's just, uh, just texted, emailed us. And uh, that's how we do it. So they are. No problem. I'm going to go now to Elaine in High Easter. Don't forget, you can still get through. We've got a, a line free at the moment and we can get through and talk about gardening all the way through till 12. And Elaine in High Easter has come to us here. And uh, what are we talking about with Elaine? A humane way to get rid of moles. Yes, and what's yours, Elaine? Well, we lived in, we backed onto a field... Oh, yeah. And they, they came in onto the lawn, mm -hmm. and I was told you have to go up and ask them very nicely and politely just to go away or go off into the field. So I thought that was ridiculous, but I'll try it anyway. Yes. And it worked. Are you, sh are you, are you serious? Are you talk to oh, the Honestly, I'm not kidding. So hang on. Whereabouts do you do this? I mean, do you do it where there's a mole hole or where there's a run? No, just up anywhere near the moles. Although the lawn was covered in them, um, which backs onto a field. So I just walk up to the edge of the field and ask them very politely right. if they would mind now, moving on. onto the field. Right. Now, they're first... ruining the lawn. Right. So do you do you raise your voice or do you speak gently? No, just normally. Normally, like you're talking to me. So what? I mean, Absolutely. you know, if other. Well, look, we've had several people that have asked about this problem. So what were the words you used so that they could copy what you're doing? Nothing in particular, just politely. Politely. Ask them to move off into the field. So that's what you said. Moles, please yeah. go back into the field and leave my lawn alone sort of thing. Yeah, but very polite. So do you, do you talk to them as a mole? Because if not, they wouldn't know. I mean, how does anybody know that you're talking? I'm not being funny here, but I, I, I'm just trying to get grasp on it. Right. You can well, see my problem. I'm sitting here listening. I'm thinking, well, how does the mole... I, I'm, I'm slightly confused because how does the mole know you're talking to the mole, do you think? I've, I have no idea. All I know is that it worked. And you definitely didn't do anything else in the garden that could have deterred those moles? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Have they gone in the neighbours' gardens? No, well, no, they went into... Well, I assume they went into the field, but they're, they're not in the garden anymore. And you can see the molehills in the field still? No, because it was ploughed up at the time. Ah, so do you think they moved because of the ploughing? Do you see what I'm I getting don't at? No, There's a thought, No, I don't... I, what do you mean, because they came from the field into me? Yes. Do you think they came into you because of the ploughing and they've gone back, do you reckon? Oh, possibly. Hmm. Possibly. Anyway, I'll tell you what, we'll get those people who have actually... Um, um, I, I, th I think it's quite interesting that people, people can actually now try that and then they can come back and let me know whether it works. How about that, Elaine? What do you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? 
well, I'll keep listening in every week and uh, see if you've got any any joy. Yes, I I look forward to hearing. I tell you what, Elaine. So we just. Uh, just to recap, we just talk to the moles and say, please leave my lawn alone and go back into the field. Yes? Yeah, that's right. With a calm, collected voice. Yeah? Yes. Lovely. <laughs> okay. I like it. Thank you very much indeed. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11.